podcast, a podcast from the Optical Women's Association. I'm Tatiana Stewart, joined by my co-host, Carissa Dumphy. And today we have a very unique episode. We don't have just one guest. We have three. Today we're joined by the Freefelds, Liz, Mimi, and David. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. We're so happy to have you. Welcome. Thank you so much. Well, it's a pleasure to be here. My pleasure. Great. Well, let's, you know, let's get started at the beginning, right? I don't think we've ever had three guests on the show before. So why don't you each take a moment and introduce yourselves? Who are you? What's your role within Clear Vision? Well, since I'm the eldest, I think I should go first. Um, age does have its advantages. Uh, I'm Amy Freefeld, and I'm one of the, I'm not co-founder, because when I married Fred, he was already in Clear Vision. He was a one-man business. And I married him, had a bunch of kids, and then became his partner. And my job was just about everything. Cook, bottle washer. I designed frames with him. I, I did bookkeeping. I did everything. And he was a star salesman. He was on the road all the time. And that's what my role was in Clear Vision, and it has evolved a lot. Uh, if it's age-related, I'll go next. That's um, it. <laughs> I'm Dave Friedfeld, president of Clear Vision Optical. And uh, in a um, related company, I'm also president of TechPrint Industries, which is a 3D printing company. I joined Clear Vision shortly after I finished law school, and I've been here for... 39 years, just about. Oh. Yes, 39 years. Liz? Hi, I'm Liz Friedfeld. Um, you could say I've been in the company for 60 years or not since I was born into it. And I started probably as quickly as I can toddle along. I had responsibilities. Um, but I came back into the company about 15 years ago after having um, worked at two or three other companies as well. My responsibilities right now are in business development, working with all of our partnerships, which is fabulous, and our lead, lead generation efforts. It sounds like between the three of you guys, you kind of cover everything. That's incredible. You have such a diverse background, but the pieces fit so well together. Um, Mimi, I have a question for you. Your career has spanned several decades. Can you tell us more about the early days at Clear Vision? Actually, Clear Vision started in Manhattan. And when I was married, uh, about a year after we got married, we lived on Long Island. We moved Clear Vision, which was one big room, uh, to um, another place on Long Island in Hempstead. And actually Fred's father was working with us at that time. Fred was the chief salesperson. I was in the office. We had at the very, very beginning, it was just Fred and one other salesperson. We were a small little company and 
we were very happy on the island because we were only 15 minutes away from our office. So I was with the children at that time. And then little by little, we went to larger quarters in West Hempstead, New York. And uh, it was fun. Uh, I was a speech therapist. I never had a business background, but coming from a business family, I guess it was just in my brain. I, I took to business and I loved it. We really got along very, very well. And then we had a lab. We also had a laboratory in our office in West Hempstead where we had lenses because Freddie was involved in lenses. He had been an optician originally. And that's how he, we got into the, he got into the optical business. Thank you so much. That's so interesting to hear more about the start of really what was then and is still now today a family owned business. So that kind of dovetails nicely into our next question. You know, we were thinking this one would be more for Liz and David, but Mimi, I'd love to hear your perspective too, as kind of the matriarch. What is it like working so closely with your relatives? I have Liz to say it's one of the greatest joys of my life. Uh, tears come to my eyes when I realize how blessed I am. I was very young when I got married. I was 20 years old uh, and I married an incredible man. And I was fortunate enough to have four of the greatest children in the world. I mean, I, I would fight with anyone if they would say one of mine is a clunker. Uh, everyone is great. And there are actually three Friedfelds in, in the business right now. And a surprise fourth is coming in as the next generation. And I am like out of my head with joy. Uh, and if my husband is looking down, and I think he is, uh, he sees how proud we are of what he started and what we are continuing. And it's it's an incredible thing. I. I you know, there were times when I'm the mom, I'm the wife, I was the office manager, and I had to spin these hats. And at times I got mixed up at who I was talking to and how. So I demanded respect from everybody at all times. Um, it was fun. It was fun and it was great. And I wouldn't change my life for anything in the world. Well, congratulations on your newest uh, member coming. Uh, Liz, David, how about you guys? What's it like working with the family? I would say I agree with my mom that it's great to work with your family. And that was one of the reasons that I wanted to work inside of Clear Vision Optical. The, the, for those people, I know we're speaking to an audience that some are family members and businesses and some are working in a non-family environment. I've always felt that the family environment allowed a lot more um, intimate conversation with the, let's call them the employee, the person that's in a responsibility in the business, because hopefully you would see that the greater good for the family would be benefited by an open and honest conversation. Now, at the same time, that uh, puts you in a tough position if you're talking to your mom or you're talking to your aunt who one time worked there. She said, I was her toughest boss that she ever had or you're talking to a niece or a nephew or a cousin, which we've had all in the business, 
or maybe you have to, I don't want to use the word discipline or terminate or fire, but you basically have to speak to somebody in a way that they may not like. So that's challenging if you're going to have a holiday with them or you're going to go to their, go out to dinner with them or otherwise. So I think the benefit, of course, as I mentioned, is that you can have an intimate conversation with somebody that you know for a long time about what you both want to do for the for the family. The challenge is, of course, you know, not not uh, interrupting uh, the the personal relationship by having business come in. And one of the um, things that I've always felt about uh, family business, including the you know the Clearvision family business, is that there's three responsibilities. One is your family, you know, one is the business, and one is the ownership. And as my mom said, she was juggling hats. You know, all of us have had to juggle those hats as well. And that's that's a challenge because in the in the uh, non-family business world, you only have your quote unquote your owners, your shareholders, and the and the people that work in the business. But in the family business, you have that third third relationship, which is family. And and I think you know net net all all in it's great. My mom uh, came from a family business that didn't work out well. Her her own family and my wife came from a family business that didn't work out well. So my mom was very concerned that our family business wouldn't work out well. And when I joined the company, I, I was not, uh, you know, my brother was already there. And I, I know there was a little concern for my mom and dad about they're not, you know, family businesses oftentimes don't work out the way that you think they're going to work out. Uh, but I, I did, you know, speak with my mom and dad over multiple times and with my brother and sister expressing that my family uh, would come first. And at the same time, we have to be responsible to the business. So it's a, it's a challenge to do that, but it's something I think we've done very well and certainly uh, has worked out the best for all the family members. And, and by the way, my mom didn't mention, but the next person that comes in happens to be my son, uh, Lucas, who's 30 years old. And all my children have worked in the business as have many nieces and nephews. Um, so I will be facing the same challenge that my mom and dad had, you know, balancing relationship with a son, um, and he earning his spot in the company. So it's a, it'll be very interesting for me to be in that role. Liz? <laughs> yep. So I am, uh, the youngest of four, as my mom has mentioned, and I've always looked up to my brothers, um, my whole life. You know, it's there it was my big brothers. My parents were always there. Um, and when it was time for me to finish college, I purposely chose not to go into the family business at that time because I wanted to live in the city, create my own world. Um, and my brother, two of my brothers were already there. And as it turned out, I got this great opportunity later in life um, after working in advertising and working um, for my husband's startup to come back into clear vision and it's been amazing it's just been amazing you don't often get the opportunity to feel such pride in the company that you work for that one that my father started my mother joined and my brothers have exploded you know and i watch every day how they treat other people how they lead how they think how they inspire and how they constantly innovate like they took what my father did an amazing job with and they've just you know blew it out of the water so I feel very lucky to be in that um, experience. I did sit for many interviews with David 
at the diner that was right around the corner. And luckily I got hired. So uh, that was, that was a little touch and go for a moment, but I, uh, I passed. So I am, uh, I'm very excited about it. Oh, that's some true brotherly and boss love, right? You went through the interview process and earned your role. That's, that's great. Liz, like you said, your brothers blew up the company. ClearVision is now celebrating an incredible 75th anniversary. Can you guys talk to us about what has endured and what has changed at ClearVision over the past 75 years? Maybe, maybe David, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I reflect on a story that goes back about well, maybe 18 years. I was being interviewed uh, for a business radio show and the interview was on on the property at Clear Vision. Um, it was a CEO show that's today today actually very well known. <laughs> I think when the Rob uh, started it, Rob Reese, um, it wasn't as well known. Um, but today it's I think with about ten thousand CEOs across the country listening on a monthly basis. He interviewed me, and um, then my dad was there. He was lucky enough to see my dad. And he asked my dad the same question he asked me, which is, what's the philosophy of Clear Vision Optical? So I had answered um, to do, you know, do uh, treat others as they would like to be treated. That's the basic philosophy of the company, whether that's the vendor, whether that's someone in the community, whether that's an employee, whether that's a customer. And then he asked my dad the same question uh, when I wasn't in the room. And my dad answered exactly the same way. And when I came back in, he said, you guys are amazing. You're amazing. I, you weren't in the same room. You had no idea what I was going to ask you this question. You both said the exact same words. So I think what's endured at Clear Vision is actually the early philosophies that my mom and you know, later my dad had. And it was you know, how we treated people was the most important thing that we probably learned. And you know, clearly my, my brother and I have been able to uh, put a different stamp on things, maybe change some things on what I like to call the phenotype, not the genotype, right? The things on the outside, not things on the inside. My sister's been able to put her own stamp on it, you know, but what's changed at Clear Vision probably is not the culture, the value, uh, the vision for the organization, but what has changed uh, is how we operate our business. As my mom mentioned, there was a laboratory at one time, our products have changed a bunch, uh, we've moved from being a regional player to a national, now international player. We've moved from the eyewear business into the technology and production business, develop our own software. So things change. And I've always felt that a business that continues to change with the times will evolve and will grow and be relevant. And those that don't change with the times ultimately suffer uh, because they can't keep up. So that's been a I mean, clearly over 75 years, we've had different iterations of the company. And I believe in the next, you know, 25, of which I will, uh, <laughs> I will uh, be here for, um, I'm sure we would iterate a few other times. And that's exciting for me. That's what keeps me going. David couldn't say it better. My father was doing customer relationship management before it was a thing. Everything came back down to the customer. So, you know, he would travel around the country, or at least definitely in the Northeast corridor, he would 
deliver in the snow. He'd be the first one to open up things. He would take interest of people's, you know, on like uh, little index cards. He'd write down that they want oranges or they liked Philadelphia cream cheese or bagels. And he would bring it to them to create these relationships. But what was critical was that they were happy. But feedback was also critical to him in this growing role. So where, where he would write it on an index card and write down, you know, we need to have better boxes or deliver quicker or whatever it might be. We take that same core responsibility and we bring it into however the environment is today. So today we might do it on social media. We might do it through our CRM system. We might be starting to use AI to make sure we get that feedback you know, quicker, more timely in delivering the places that they're, that our customers are using. But the purpose of feedback is still critical to everything we do and the customer is, is priority. I would add something else also. Uh, Fred was a very, very generous man, uh, especially uh, with our vendors, the people that made our product. When we first decided to go abroad and uh, have products made rather than being the middleman as we started out, uh, Fred used to represent the big companies in the United States. Well, those big companies are really... I think there's only one or two left. Uh, he, we would then bring food to Europe. We brought cream cheese to, <laughs> I'm laughing now because it was really funny. Before we would leave in the morning, Freddie would have gone to the bagel store, which was right near our home, and he would buy bagels and cream cheese, and he would bring that to our friends in Geneva uh, because uh, the gentleman's daughter had studied culinary arts in the United States and she learned to make cream cheese cakes. Well, they didn't have cream cheese in Geneva. We brought wine to Italy because they didn't have a set. They liked the California wine. We brought blue cheese dressing to France. Fred and I had a relationship with all our vendors that that personal, personal relationship is no longer uh, there today. Uh, I know my sons are doing all the buying in her, but it's a different, a different relationship. Uh, we, it was a small industry. So you really got to know the families. I, I think I missed that togetherness. Uh, I, I know the boys are very happy. Friendly and Liz is with a lot of the people in the industry. The industry is so big that it's not the same. I love that story. And, you know, I think that is a sentiment that it may span other industries as well, right? I think there's just with the implementation of more with and more technology, which has its place, we've lost a little bit of that human connection and human interaction. So I think companies like yours who are doing it right maintain both to the best of their ability. Thank you for sharing. So that my next question is actually my favorite one. I'd love to hear from all of you on this one. As you reflect back on 75 years, what is, you know, kind of one fun or cherished or maybe a proud memory that you have from your life at Clear Vision Optical? Well, I'd say the cherished moments, and it was something that came up uh, just the other day. 
I did happen to find a photograph that I hadn't seen in probably 20 or 30 years. And it was a, a picture of me and my dad in uh, Hong Kong in 1979, April. I, I was working on a, a senior uh, thesis paper, you know, at school. And I was in the middle of, you know, just about finishing it. School ends in May. Um, for whatever reason, my mom at the time, I don't remember the reason, but she wasn't able to go on a trip with my dad, which they traditionally took several years to Hong Kong. And he thought it might be a good idea to go with me instead. Um, and uh, he called me up and I told him I wouldn't be able to go because I had this paper and I wasn't able to get away. And, you know, I gave him all the reasons that you'd think any good student would do. Uh, and he said, well, why don't you ask the professor what would happen? And uh, I was happened to be very friendly with the professor who I looked up quite a bit. And he said to me something like this, are you kidding me? You have a chance to go to Hong Kong <laughs> and uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. He says, basically screw the paper and uh, go to Hong Kong. I ended up going into China with my dad, which was very unusual back then, but we had a great time. And there's a picture of me and my dad, you know, there in Hong Kong, a few pictures uh, that we had. Uh, that were that were very memorable when I saw that. So that's, you know, 45 years ago. That would be a memorable and cherished moment. Peter was asking me the other day, he said, Mom, what was the name of the restaurant that we had Daddy's 70th birthday in Milan? We wanted a surprise Fred for his birthday, which was May 6th, and we were always someplace. And one of our vendors told us about this fabulous restaurant. Peter and I went down to see it, we picked out the menu. It was phenomenal. It was, and we invited all the vendors and uh, some of our children, and we were dancing on the tables in this restaurant. We had a private room. And then after the dinner, one of our friends who was just the greatest guy, Walter Trenti, led us through the streets of Milan and we were singing. We were a raucous crowd laughing. I mean, we all had a little bit of um, wine and we were all singing. It must have been, I don't know, 30, 40 people walking through the streets of Milan and it was fun. We had so many good times and fun times because as a family, each one of my children is a star. So there's always a funny story or someone's trying to outdo the other one quickly talking. We had a lot of good times. No pressure to top that, Liz. <laughs> yeah, no dancing in the street, um, but I did get a pie in my face. So the story goes like this. <laughs> I believe the optical industry is an incredibly special industry. There's a warmth that's in the optical industry that I have not experienced anywhere else. And I'm grateful for that. The whole place is a family business. And with that comes um, these connections that you don't get other places. Your competitors become your friends and you can reach out to them on all different things. I love the OWA for exposing me to all of those individuals. So with that, um, every time I get together, it's a party. So if it is... Um, a partnership event. I take out people for dinner. We talk. I learn about their kids, their families. What do they like to do? And this conversation brought um, a very special memory to me with Dr. Bianas. So Dr. Bianas and I did a crossover event and she is lovely. For those who don't know her, she is just 
a breath of fresh air and she is lovely. And um, we had this event on the night that my father had passed away a little, uh, a couple of years before. And she sent me a bracelet in the mail and said, um, you used to be his little angel and now he's yours. Ugh. And like, you know, tears brought to my eyes. The connections were bigger and richer and warmer. Um, and without CBO, I wouldn't have all these touch points. So I'm grateful. What about the pie in the face though? Oh, so the pie in the face. <laughs> yeah, so, I I was, <laughs> so I was at an event at um, with GPN. So Jay Binkowitz had a small group. It was a partnership event. And he had this wind up toy for all the vendors. It had a place for your face to put in. And it had like a hand that you would put um, whipped cream on and you would crank it, you know. And if it was your turn, you may get, you know, it in your face or not. And here's a picture of it like being slammed into me. So that was a pie in the face experience. But again, it was a fun night. We, you know, he played a lot of games with his vendors, but those kind of things break down barriers and they and make deeper connections, um, which goes to trust and honesty and respect. And when you connect, you get more of that and everything happens quicker. Liz, two things. One, Dr. Biana's is amazing. Yes, I will second that. Um, and two, the statement that you made about competitors walls going away in this industry is absolutely true and I first noticed that as being a member of the OWA um, kind of transitioning to our next question clear vision is a longtime sponsor of the OWA um, but many listeners may not know that Mimi has been a member of the optical women's association since its inception you also received the Pleiades Award in 2005. Mimi, can you tell us a little bit about the early days of the OWA? Oh yeah, it was, uh, I think there were 11 of us that gathered into the room. It was not definitely not my idea. I think it might've been Marge Axelrod and a couple of the people from journalism and we got to thinking there weren't that many women in the industry. In fact, when I first came up and I was one of the first women owned, yeah, women owners, and then there were a few others, but there were many women in the industry when I when I became active in it. And we started this women's organization, but there were eleven, and today we are huge and we mentor and we, we decided what we wanted to do. We wanted to encourage women and to let them know that this industry is a great industry. Women are more in the professional parts of it in the sales. There are many more women salespeople uh, all around the country and all around the world. The intimacies and the friendships that grew uh, in every part of the industry. And I was really thrilled to be part of it. And of course, receiving the award when I did, it was, you know, a highlight. And we do honor each other uh, and the respect that the women have for each other. And I see what you young women are doing today and I'm so proud of it and I'm so proud of what my daughter thank God 
she's really become a little mimi just doing everything to uh make her way in the industry and she is she's just on her own a star and i'm very very proud of that and i'm proud of the owa that's wonderful Th thank you for sharing that mimi i always love love hearing about the OWA membership and their experiences and how different they all are, but there's always that common theme of camaraderie and, and lifting each other up. Liz, as you mentioned earlier in the, in the episode, the optical industry is such a special place. So I think the OWA really embodies that. Liz, you're also involved in the OWA heavily, right? You sit on our board of directors. Thank you for that. Um, you also co-chair the membership committee, um, so just doing a lot of great, great work in the space. Do you have any fun memories or anecdotes that you want to share with us about your time uh, with the association? Absolutely. First, I'd love to um, invite anyone who's listening, who's not part of the internal spirit of the OWA to get involved, because I think the fun begins when you lean in. And the OWA for me has revolutionized my life. I didn't get involved until, I mean, I was a member for many, many years, but right before COVID, I got a little more invited. And once you do, they kind of pull you in for opportunities and then the connection and magic starts, um, which is really powerful. The connections and the network and the friendships you make and the advice you get from other people is, is quite special and rich. So at the same time of COVID, I did one event, um, was a virtual event where I uh, taught how to make brownies. Maybe that's my superpower. I make really good brownies. So at that event, I did that. And then we had another crossover event with Dr. Beatis again for Food for Thought. And we had um, Alessandra Barante on it and Mimi was on it and, and Dr. Millicent Knight and Kathy Cruz, where they all made foods of their heritage and foods that they were growing up with and that they loved. My mom made a fantastic brisket. Her spirit and personality shine through. And I remember it just being a magical night all around. And we had a very high attendance, like 150 people uh, shined in for that. So it was a very strong virtual event. I know there's a lot been a lot of good feedback throughout the years with the food for thought. So props to y'all for it sounds like really giving it a boost. David, I want to shift gears to you a little bit. You're sort of the pioneer in the tech part of this. Uh, you're a tremendous advocate for the implementation of 3D printing into the product development cycle at Clear Vision. Super exciting. Can you tell us a little more about that and where you see that going? I've been a fan of 3D printing since the late 90s and actually uh, tried to learn how to do that at the time. But not being an engineer and having to run a business uh, became difficult for me to put a lot of effort into it. One of our uh, software developers uh, or head of software about 12 years ago thought it would be good for us to get involved. So I want to be very clear. It wasn't something that I initiated at the company. Um, and I, he, he knew that I was interested, but I just couldn't figure out how to do it. He said, don't worry. Let's buy a printer. We'll worry later. So the printer sat on his desk for about two months. And then ultimately, we got a grant from New York State. Uh, we were able to use some local University, Stony Brook University, uh, with the grant. We learned how to use the printer, and we have our own print shop inside ClearVision now. I think there's five or six printers there that use three different materials. We've been making our own prototypes for years. We've had mechanical engineers on staff, electrical engineers on staff, all different kind of people, designers, industrial designers, people we never thought we'd have on staff to help us with that. But the big breakthrough 
uh, for us as a company. And now this is the reference I made to the other company, TechPrint, was in 2016, I met a gentleman online uh, in Holland who also was interested in 3D printing and was developing some software. And we uh, continued the conversation for about a year online. I ended up going to the Opti Munich show in 2017. He drove from Holland to meet me. We then talked for about another year or so and ultimately formed a company together, uh, which uh, my brother, myself, and um, uh, Mark Notenboom are, are the owners of. And I'm actually right now in Mito, um, Italy, Milan. We just came back from dinner, which is the third day of the show. We have a big booth here. Uh, it was very, very, very well attended by almost anyone or everyone in the eyewear, creative, makerspace, and high-end fashion design. We were blown away by who showed up in the booth, including multi-billion dollar companies, um, high-end designers from very famous design firms in Paris and in uh, Italy, New York, to small creatives, small makers that want to learn what we were doing. We've developed our own software that enables very, very um, simple way to create what was what's called a render, to take that render and put it online, virtual try-on, that you can uh, see how your frame fits. Uh, it's actually not a photograph of the frame, but actually a 3D model. And then at the same time, that 3D model can be printed. And our, our software allows us to print in full color, uh, multiple colors, and also monocolor, which is uh, pretty much the standard, but our software can do a little bit more and the machinery we use can do a little bit more. And we actually have something we call the Designers Collective, which is a collection of designers from different countries that produce uh, and create. And we help promote those individuals because they're usually startup individuals Bring their bring their ideas to life. Uh, it's been a really, 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 really exciting journey. Now, if you ask me where I think it's going to go, because that was part of your question, personally, personally, um, I'm a believer that 3D printing will have a significant place in the production of consumer products over the next 10 to 20 years. We have to be at the very beginning. I explained to people that it's like where we are right now is um, 1885 in the car industry. Cars are just being invented, but there are no roads yet. There's no rules. There's no stop signs. There's no windshields. There's no anything. And then by 1905, you have mass production. So 20 years later, you have Henry Ford making the Model T. And that's exactly where we are. It's the very beginning of the journey. Uh, I know this because when I speak to all the manufacturers here, everyone's trying to figure out how to make 3D printing. 3D printing is more sustainable uh, than traditional manufacturing. It allows for local production. It allows for uh, just-in-time inventory. It allows for a proper use of resources. It changes the way we manufacture. Uh, in fact, the way that we manufacture, we can make a complete frame, complete frame, fully assembled, ready for the consumer in four days. And at the booth at Clear Vision in Vision Expo, we will be premiering a, a product that's from a company called Genera. Genera is a machine company in Austria. And for those of you that are listening out there in tel television land, we'd love you to come by the booth and be able to make a frame in the booth that you can take away the same day. Fully assembled 3D printed frame in the booth and the machine that will be premiering with Genera will be a machine that an optician can buy in there and put in their office and make frames in the office. So it's a very, very exciting time for us uh, and the industry generally because the way production is gonna be done and how frames will be built, you'll be able to build in office or relatively speaking, very, very quickly here again in the United States. And I believe that's gonna be a big part of what the next 10 to 20 years 
uh, holds for us very significantly. That is so cool. I will be at Expo East and I will stop by the booth and try. I'm sure there's going to be a long line for that activation, but I will definitely come uh, try to take a peek. That sounds really, really impressive. I think all companies have to um, consider where the market is going to go. And what we say a lot inside of ClearVision, the famous Wayne Koretsky comment, you know, why you're so good at what you do. I don't skate where the puck is. I skate where the puck is going to be. It's fair to say that ClearVision over the next 25 years into that next generation is going to be continuing to evolve and change to meet what was would be um, the changes in the marketplace. And I think that's the most exciting. I like to tell people, you know, the same way that um, Tesla is a, uh, a computer company on four wheels. I like to tell people that we're a technology company and we just happen to make frames and that's how we make money. But we really think about it from a technology point of view. That's really exciting. I can only imagine my rep coming in and telling me about this. And then he says, well, wait, you could have this in your office. That blows my mind. So I am super excited to hear what's coming throughout this next year. You will be able to buy a machine at the Vision Expo that you can make frames in your office that are consumer grade. Absolutely. That is so, so, so cool. As we reflect back on everything that you guys have done in the past 75 years and even what you're projecting, you know, for future Friedfeld generations that are just now starting working there. Is there anything you'd like to leave our listeners with? Um, one last closing, closing thought from this conversation. But I would actually just like to thank the industry and thank my brothers. Um, thank my father for founding this for the great opportunities that we've had. Um, it's it's an incredible industry. Um, I'm grateful for it. I will leave the listeners with the opportunity to reach out to me, to mentor me or to be mentored by me or touch base at any time, or have any questions about the Optical Women's Association. I'm there for you. My husband has dubbed me the Queen of Rush as I uh, chair the membership team. Um, and I'm happy to talk about any questions that they might have personally or professionally, I love connecting with everyone. Um, I would want to uh, put a, an asterisk mark on something that my mom said earlier today. And I know I would never want to disagree with my mom. So I'm going to actually put the asterisk mark there. So I'm going to put a little extra. And I, and I, I can see very well where my mom, uh, you know, revealed to everyone and the, you, two uh, interviewers tonight agreed uh, that, you know, the industry has changed a lot in the way we look at personal relationships and some of it's uh, changed in the sense that the industry is a lot bigger. There's less independence and maybe less personal relationships. I think if we adopt the technology around us again to interact with customers and interact with vendors and interact with strangers, uh, we get to be great places. If you put effort into the relationships that you have, um, and if you put effort into making relationships with the technology that's available. So I, I would say to the, the audience, value the relationships that you do have and expand them. And, and as one last thing, I, one little nuance to that, my dad was very afraid that the company would get very big and we wouldn't have personal relationships with our customers. Um, and I can remember the conversation very, very, very clearly. 
And he didn't, and I think in some ways, that's why he didn't want to grow the company, to be honest. Um, he, he was afraid that he wouldn't have these personal relationships. But I promised him, and I feel very comfortable that I lived up to the promise, that um, regardless of how big the customer base got, and now we're over 10,000 customers, that I would be able to communicate directly with the customer as if they were um, a, reg a regular customer, one that was small and was on Long Island or was in New York City when my dad was there. And we do have customers from all around the world that we do business with. And because of the technology and the way we can communicate, I think we have done a great job in keeping close to the customer, not me knowing 10,000, but me having the ability to relate to 10,000 and talk to 10,000 in a different way. So I think you can do that. So that's not to uh, disagree with my mom, but just to put a nuance onto the, uh, the relationship part. It's okay to disagree with your mother. I will not punish you. I will not send you to your room because I could no longer do that. I think that uh, everyone that's listening, that are coming to the shows that are in the optical industry, that are enjoying the difference. Uh, years ago, we had, you know, brown and black. Tortoise, now we have greens and red. You were never able to make a red frame or a green. I never want to stop being a part of this industry. And I expand my friendships also. And I always love when somebody remembers, oh, remember when you climbed the steps and you were dancing? Uh, thing, so the, the industry, as large as it is, still has a base of uh, friendship. So I, I, I didn't mean to say that because it got so big, it, it lost something, but it gained something else. But that's called progress. In um, honor of our 75th diamond anniversary, that it took a 22-year-old guy who borrowed $2,000 from his uncle because his father was very disappointed in him. His father wanted him to be a doctor. And he wanted to own his own business. So $2,000 started uh, Clear Vision Optical and was built on that. And everybody that has been associated with us had just, we have the best people working because we are a family. And I think when you treat people like they're part of your family and make yourself available to your, the people that help you maintain the lifestyle that you're loving. I think that's, that's the thing we all have to think of. Just treat people well and don't expect anything that they can't give you. So you'll never be disappointed or hurt. Now, a couple of years ago, there was, um, an article written about my dad after he passed away, which talked about like um, a legacy of caring. And that was what the title was. And I think that kind of encapsulates Clear Vision's philosophy as well. Customer comes first, but caring is at our core. It's, it, it is the basis of whatever 
everything we do, if it's something for the sales team or our customers or our vendors or even our own family, we've been recognized. Um, and I'm proud to say this because David and Peter, my parents built this company, is we've been recognized by New York State as one of the best companies to work for in New York for the last eight years. Like that's a long time, but it's our employees that have chosen that for us. And we try to make everything simple for them and better for them because when their lives are better or richer or more satisfied, they give oh, it uh, out to everyone else. They they pass it forward. All fantastic advice from all three of you. Uh, you guys are all a force in different ways and I appreciate you spending the time with us and speaking to our listeners. Can you tell us how our listeners can find you or where they could connect with you? I'm on Facebook. I'm in the telephone book. I'm in Clear Visions roster. I can help anybody, any woman, any man, anyone that wants any problems. I'm always here. I'm a very good listener. And I think I have pretty good advice. I would love to help. I can be reached very, very easily on LinkedIn. It's not hard. David Friedfeld. Um, Instagram's pretty easy. Optical Buddy. Uh, Twitter, Optical Buddy. Um, uh, my email is uh, D, like David Friedfeld, F R I E D F E L D, at cvoptical.com. Uh, I answer things for myself. I don't have anyone to help me. And I also, like I said before, I believe in the virtual world in a big way. So I love to love to hear from people. And by the way, if there's any customers out there, I'd love to hear from you guys just to uh, learn from you. So I love to hear from people generally. Even if we're not doing well, I love to hear. Uh, I'm the same as uh, probably David. So you can reach out to me on LinkedIn. You can reach out to me on Facebook. You can reach out to me at Clear Vision. I'm L, L. Friedfeld at cvoptical.com. Through the OWA, you reach out to anyone, they will find me. Um, you want to learn more about the OWA, please, please reach out to me. Well, I've been, we've been privileged to be in the presence of the Friedfeld trifecta today, you guys have uh, all been fantastic guests. This is so unique. We are both excited to have had you all on at the same time. Thank you everybody for listening to OWA Talks. Please make sure to subscribe and share this episode. You can listen to all episodes and read all show notes at opticalwomen.com.